This is Life Admin Life Hacks, a podcast that gives you techniques, tips, and tools to tackle your life admin more efficiently, to save your time, your money, and improve your household harmony. I'm Dinah Rowe Roberts, an operations manager who is relieved that I got married before social media existed. I'm Mia Northrop, a researcher and writer who got married in 2004 and used a hard copy wedding planner with cardboard pockets to organise a 120-person event. This episode, we interview Isla Toyokawa, founder of Websites. Hello and welcome to Life Admin Life Hacks. Thanks to all of you who have left reviews and got in touch to tell us the positive changes you're making with your life admin. A shout out to Samantha who messaged us from Facebook to say, your book finally opened my eyes to the fact that I don't need to do everything for everyone anymore. Hell yes, Samantha. Okay, so to today's topic. We like to say that there are two types of life admin. There's the everyday life admin that occurs cyclically or seasonally, the things that you have to deal with every day or week or month or year. And then there are life events that trigger their own life admin. If your everyday life admin isn't humming, then dealing with a major life event can tip you into overdrive. Weddings have always been a significant event for people to project manage. And in the last two years since the pandemic kicked off, state and international borders closed, lockdowns were triggered, and social distancing and isolating are common practices So planning a wedding takes Olympic-level administration skills. And then some life events, like getting married, have an ongoing impact on your life admin. In our survey, 27% of you identified planning a wedding as generating a significant amount of admin, so we thought we should talk to an expert. So in this episode, we talk to Isla, and she reveals the key steps to organise a wedding and the challenges of planning a wedding in uncertainty like in a pandemic and how to share the load, keep momentum, and enjoy the planning process. If you're interested in how to plan a wedding efficiently and with joy, listen on. Isla Toyokawa is a certified wedding planner and founder of Websites, an all-in-one project management platform designed for collaboration and streamlining the wedding planning process for modern couples. Isla, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. So Isla, tell us your vision for Websites. What problems were you aiming to solve by launching it? So the idea for Websites really came about when I was asked to be maid of honor for my best friend who was planning a destination wedding in Hawaii. I was in Melbourne. She was in Japan at the time and her fiance was in Washington, DC. So we were in three different countries and time zones trying to plan this wedding. Mm -hmm. And in an attempt to get organized, the bride had created a bunch of different spreadsheets, Google Docs, sign up to all these different online tools. And the techie in me just kind of thought there has to be a better way to plan a wedding. So then I went off, I searched the internet to find something that had everything all inclusive. And unfortunately, I just couldn't find anything. So that was really my light bulb moment. And then from there, I wireframed the product, chatted to a bunch of different couples who had gone through the process to hear about their pain points. And then we did a beta launch with 100 other couples alongside us who we happened to get engaged during that time. So we planned our wedding. Very useful. (laughs) So with us and 100 other couples, we planned our weddings together, got a lot of great feedback, iterated the product, and we officially launched in late 2019, just before the pandemic. That's perfect timing in terms of having that all-in-one tool that's going to let you do this remotely because you you mentioned some of the tools that people use otherwise. They've kind of got spreadsheets, they've got Google Docs. What other tools do people need to really equip themselves to plan a wedding? 
So there's definitely going to be a checklist that's involved. And then there's a lot of things that are involved with the guest list. So keeping track of their dietary requirements, whether or not they can attend, addresses, inf contact information, and those bits and pieces, a run sheet of how the day is going to flow. And there's a lot of different moving parts in a wedding. Mm. But definitely a wedding website is one of the great things that couples should definitely have to really share all of that information in one place. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of the key steps and tools you need to plan a wedding. Dinah and I kind of, kind of tag team through these questions. And I guess for me, what first of all came to mind was like people picking a date. Like, does it, Are there any like rules of thumb that people should use or tried and true best practices about picking a date? So of course, like weekends are very popular. So some key dates to keep in mind, maybe holidays where your guests will be spending time with their families. So end of the year, is sometimes tricky, like around Christmas, mm. or it might be beneficial because if you have out of town guests, for example, they have time to take off a holiday and they can come visit. But weekends are really useful for people because they can easily take time off. But with weddings um, being canceled in 2020 and 21, unfortunately, a lot of weekend dates mm. have already been booked out. So couples are having to maybe look into 20, next 2023 or even maybe 2024 if they want a weekend date. Or mm. they can choose to opt for a weekday wedding date, which ha also has its perks. Yeah, we might see it, the pandemic triggered a whole new like behaviors to do with weddings and the weekday wedding might become a real like thing. Absolutely. We've, I've chatted to some couples who have had to move their date to a midweek wedding, but it also comes with the perks of having lower costs because it's mm. not a popular wedding date. So that's a great way to save some money. So once you've got a date, is kind of the next thing you need to think of setting a budget, you know, and what costs do you need to think of? Absolutely. Setting a budget is the perfect place to start when it comes to planning your wedding. So some major things that will cut into your budget are, of course, the venue and catering for the reception will usually be about 50% of the budget. Then you have photography, maybe videography, the couple's wedding attire, so dresses, tuxes, hair and makeup, and any alterations that need to be made. There's music entertainment for the ceremony and the reception, flowers and decor, the efficient marriage license fees, rings, transportation costs, mm -hmm. and all of the different stationary items like invitations, save the dates, postage costs, menus, etc. So those are, there's a lot of different things that you can really budget for and it's going to vary for each couple, but I would say those are the major categories that a traditional wedding would have. So what do you find that people often forget about or underestimate when it comes to setting a budget for their wedding? So most couples underestimate how much weddings actually cost because they've never done it before until they get engaged and they, they start looking into it. And some of the most common costs that couples really are surprised by, I would say, are the venue and catering costs, mm. the flowers and photography, because they've never spent thousands of dollars on any of those things. And a lot of brides, I guess one of the big surprises are how much flowers cost. Mm. They have these beautiful Pinterest boards with stunning floral decorations, but when reality strikes and they realize that they're looking at this beautiful flower installation that could easily cost 10 grand. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's when reality strikes, Pinterest dreams are crushed. But when it comes to... <laughs> When it comes to flowers and decor for the wedding, there are a lot of different ways you can save money. So mm. things like sourcing local flowers that are in season, renting silk flowers rather than buying real ones, or maybe just choosing a venue that can 
standalone and doesn't really require a lot of decorations. It's another really great way to save some money there. Oh, good ideas. I think, is there a way to get a ballpark so you don't know whether you're like paying a premium? Is there a way to look at the cost and work out whether this is sort of the average cost of what this kind of thing should cost? You can do some research online to figure out what the average kind of cost might be, mm. but it really depends. Like a your own wedding bouquet could be anywhere from like $250 to $500, for example. Yeah. Okay. So other than the venue, what are the other things with long lead times that you need to think about and book well in advance? Mm. So after you've booked in your date and your venue, the next supplier you should probably be thinking about are your photographer, videographer, and maybe a wedding planner or stylist if you're deciding to hire one. And the wedding industry is really made up of small businesses, often talented individuals who can only do one wedding per day. So it's really important to reach out to them early on and secure that day. And with so many weddings being postponed in 2020 and 2021, 2022 is looking like an extremely busy year for wedding vendors who are just juggling couples from the past two years and yeah. plus the couples who are getting married and engaged this year. Yeah, I feel for them. I'm already feeling like there needs to be some kind of outreach service <laughs> for people who are going to try to support the wedding industry in 2022. They're going to be burnt out. So what do you think? Do you, are there some jobs that often couples underestimate in terms of how long they're going to take or, or leave them too late so that then there's a big scramble? There's so much research that goes into wedding planning that I don't think people realize. So the average couple not working with a wedding planner will spend between 200 to 300 hours planning their wedding, which is why wedding planners are worth their weight in gold. A lot of couples get completely overwhelmed by the amount of information and options out there, which mm. ends up being quite time consuming. Couples with is the ability to have this wedding website and send digital stationery. So if you need to change your date or resend invitations without additional costs of having yeah. been postponed, there's no reprinting costs involved and you can get them out instantly rather than going through the process of addressing each envelope again, putting on another mm -hmm. postage stamp and going to the post office. <laughs> This, as you were saying, that I was flashbacking yeah. to that Seinfeld episode. You know where George is getting married and he makes his fiance lick all the stamps? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't end well for her. But I guess, you know, in <laughs> pandemic times, you know, you send out that save the date and then you can send out that, no, save this date. And then you can send out the, no, let's try this date a lot more seamlessly if it's all electronic. No joke. So many couples yeah. have had to reprint their stationery yeah. and just it's another cost in their budget that they didn't expect which is really heartbreaking. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the things I really loved about your site was that electronic invitation option. So not only can you use it for rescheduling, but what else can you use it for that whole RSV process so you can make it easier for yourself and the guests? Ooh, the RSVP process is such a great way to find out more about your guests to help you make better informed decisions. And this is one of my favorite wedding planning hacks. So asking for the guests' dietary requirements is an absolute must. You need to relay that information to the catering team. But inside of websites, we have a RSVP questionnaire builder. So the couple can create a form to ask questions like, do they need transportation to the venue, which will help you organize a shuttle and pick the appropriate size, one that's not too big, so you're spending too much money for a, a big shuttle, or one that's too small, so you have awkward conversations where some people get kicked off the shuttle. <laughs> and you'll pick the right size, so you'll spend money on the appropriate vehicle size. 
any song requests that guests have that's going to guarantee you to get them on the dance floor so you can give that to your DJ. So important. So important. And plated meals, if you're having plated meals options for your reception, being able to give that to the catering team is going to streamline things for you. Um, If you have any out-of-town guests who are flying internationally, you could ask them when they're going to be flying in or out of the country to see if you can organize some time to spend with them since they're coming all the way from far away. And if you are organizing any additional events like a hens or a rehearsal dinner or maybe a post-recovery brunch or something, you can figure out how many people are going to be able to attend those events and then plan accordingly. So my tip for couples is to really use that RSVP process to get answers to the questions you need to make better wedding decisions. Mm, That's really savvy. And we also saw that you've got some checklists. We love a checklist. Lists of the way to adult, basically, the way to adulting. <laughs> and you've got a suggested checklist of photos for your photographer. Help us through that. Ooh, yes, the shot list. So any a good photographer will know exactly what shots to take, but it can be really helpful if the couple has a list with names of family and friend groups that they want to take photos with or maybe a, some sentimental items that they want close-up shots of. So that's really useful to have between the ceremony and the reception. So you can get those group photos. Someone can shout out the names of the people and get them together to take those photos. And every couple needs a really good wedding planning checklist. (laughs) Websites creates a personalized digital checklist for you based on your date. But you can easily look up like a 12-month wedding planning checklist to figure out what exactly you need to do. And the average engagement period is about 10 to 18 months. And wedding planning is truly a marathon. It's not a sprint. You can easily burn out trying to do everything at once. So it's important to kind of look at that checklist and pace yourself and take breaks when you need it. But some other really good checklists to have are a list of criteria or questions to ask a potential venue. This one's really important because the venue is a big part of your wedding budget. So, and it's going to set the tone for the day. So maybe asking things Mm. like, do they allow candles or confetti or pets allowed on site if you want to have your pet at the wedding? Is there a plan B if there's rain? Are you okay with that plan B? And what does it look like? And are you happy with it? Are you allowed to bring your own alcohol? Is there a corkage fee? Is there a place for the bridal party to get ready at the venue? Are there any noise restrictions or a time where the, when the music needs to be turned off? And there's honestly heaps of things that you need to be aware of when booking a venue. And if anyone wants a list of these questions, we have it on our blog because the, the venue is a really big one. So that's definitely yeah. a checklist that I highly recommend couples to have. But then I guess in terms of kind of just delegating tasks, giving a checklist to your bridal party is a great way to for a bit of accountability so everyone knows what they're responsible for. And then another really good one to have in advance is a packing list for your wedding day. The last couple of weeks and the months leading up to your wedding day just fly by so quickly. And there's so many different things to think about. So having a packing list makes it easy for you to just check off all the things you need without much much thought. So that's going to be like all your getting ready outfits, snacks, chargers, sentimental items, extra copies, chargers, yeah, phone chargers, camera chargers, any (sighs) gifts and decor items. That's a big one. So if you have these DIY projects or decor items to have a list of that, so you know, you're taking it to the venue. And also if you're delegating someone to pack up those items for you, so they can look over those items and make sure that they have packed away those items and can deliver it back to you. So you can either return it to the supplier that you've rented it from or any, a friend that you've borrowed it from. 
I just had a funny thought. Because I've always thought I'm not going to get married again. And I thought maybe it sounds much more easy now. It sounds easier. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these checklists ready to go. Oh, funny. If it ever happens, I know where I'm going. I'm so happy. <laughs> so you've touched on that idea of sharing the load, you know, having a checklist so that you can delegate things. And I guess the sort of stereotype out there is that in different sex couples, it's the bride who's doing most of the planning. How do you get, regardless of the gender of your partner, how do you get your partner to do their fair share? Ooh, so this is a tricky one because you're right. I, I do hear a lot of brides <laughs> complaining about how their grooms don't take on a lot of the load. I have talked to some grooms who are very much heavily involved in the process. Maybe it's because we're a tech platform and they feel like this is where they can shine. So they come to us and they take on the wedding website portion of it. But there's also those brides who want the control. So they're happy to do the planning. But I would say a really great way to get your partner involved is maybe delegating which suppliers they're responsible for. And that works really well if, let's say, that one partner is more interested in booking the best band or the DJ. So you send them off to find that supplier mm. and just tasks to take on. So whether it's, you know, buying the alcohol and taking it to the venue or having someone else take it to the venue. As a tip for couples though, when it comes to wedding planning, I really recommend them to book it in their calendar as like a, you know, like a date night where they can do wedding planning because otherwise it just kind of takes over your life and it gets really overwhelming and stressful and not fun. And that's really what we don't want. We want to make it a fun, memorable experience and not this like stressful thing that we need to talk about kind of a tone. But aside from your partner, I'm all for brides and or couples to really ask for help by delegating certain tasks to friends and family as well. And of course, the big mm. decisions are hard to delegate, like finding suppliers. But some things that are easy to delegate are things like having things delivered to the venue or having guests picked up from the airport, dropping off things to the post office, finishing up DIY projects, or setting up decor at the venue, or rounding up guests for those photos. Yeah, that's, they're great tips. And you need to keep in mind that, you know, usually the family members or friends, they're dying to help. They want to be involved. So sometimes it can be useful to be strategic because you know someone, you know, there might be a parent, there might be a mum who's desperate to be involved and help organise the wedding and think about what tasks they can take on. And That's so true. <laughs> keep, things, uh, keep things ticking along without driving other people bananas. Absolutely. I think a lot of couples don't realize that their guests are really, they really want to get involved and help, but they're either scared yeah. of asking or they don't want to inconvenience their guests. Mm. I also love the, the tip about having a regular time in the schedule. We're a big fan of, you know, having things in the calendar so that you're clear when you can have that dedicated time to sit down and address those tasks. So you're not worrying the whole time about when you're going to get to it and giving visibility to it and just increasing the chances of having it done because it blocked out that time in advance exactly and it helps clear that brain space as well to kind of yeah. just have that time to just okay this is when we're going to talk about wedding planning and this is when we're going to get it done otherwise mm. let's not think about it and let's just live our lives <laughs> yeah 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 and I really like the idea of pairing it with something enjoyable we love that too like thinking about having it as a date night or having a bowl mm. of wine so that yeah you can look back with fond memories rather than feel tortured <laughs> by the exactly process. so Isla when the big day is over the life admin just isn't finished. What's some of the tasks that need to be done after the big day? Oh, gosh. After the wedding date. Unfortunately, you do have things that you still need to take care of. So that things that come to mind, first of all, are the writing all the thank you notes. 
thank you to the guests for coming to the wedding and any gifts gifts that they have bought for you. So as a tip, having someone record what those gifts were is a really great idea. Having your dress cleaned after the wedding date. Some brides even decide to sell their dress after the wedding date. So that's something to consider. Sharing the official wedding photos with family and guests who are dying to see those things. So that's a big one. And then this is a personal choice, but changing your legal name means, you know, having your driver's license changed, your passport, your Medicare, your mm-hmm. bank details, tax details, any utility bills. That requires a whole heap of admin. So that's a that's a really, really big one. And on that, have you come across any apps or checklists that make that easy? Because I know when I went through that process, it took about two years, I think, to actually get my name changed everywhere. And I know some people who just like they get to a point where there's a certain account or a certain piece of idea and it's just too hard and they never do it. I know in I'm not sure about in Australia, but I have seen in the US that there are some services that will do that for you. Mm. Okay, you might want to invent that for Australia, Isla, because there's a need. There's definitely a need. need. Yeah, and I did actually look it up in the stats. About 80% of women in Australia still do take their husband's name. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who are impacted by that. Absolutely. I think anything to make that easier would be a win. (laughs) I think some people don't change their name because they literally, it's nothing to do with their ethics. They just can't be bothered doing the paperwork. Right. (laughs) Heaps of paperwork. And then, of course, there's the finances as well, creating new bank accounts. Maybe if you want to create a joint account or combining finances and having that talk is a big one. And you think that after the wedding planning's done, you're finally done. But yeah, there are a lot of things to think about. And But ideally, you'll have gone on your honeymoon and relaxed a bit so you can come back refreshed and tackle all this stuff. Yeah. And I guess from, you, get, you know, obviously you have a marriage certificate. Or well, before you even get married, you had in Australia you have to fill out a notice of intended marriage form. So that needs to go to the marriage celebrant at least a month before you're going to get married. And then obviously after the ceremony itself, you have your marriage certificate, which is a legal document. You get the legal one. You can order the fancy cute one. It's, uh, I don't know what you do with the fancy cute one. I've got a fancy cute one. I don't know what I was thinking I was going to do with it. But they need to be filed and stored somewhere as well, somewhere safe for, for future ID. Absolutely. And I think one of the life admin tasks that happened now that perhaps didn't happen as much, Mia, when we got married is that increasingly photographers, you get options. Like some photographers will still give you the album, but I think more and more photographers, you can just buy the digital prints. And so then you've actually got a job of what you're actually going to do with them. And so I think my tip is think about using that same time that you were using to plan your wedding to actually do something with those photos. If you spend a lot of money on them, you know, you really want to be able to see them and to enjoy them. So really make sure that you schedule in that time to produce an album or get some frames printed or share them uh, as you talked about, Isla, because otherwise what a waste if you have spent all that money. Great tip. Isla, thank you so much for sharing your experience and ideas with us today. We're going to have a really action-packed show notes here, linking out to all of the references that Isla's mentioned. Is there anything else you want to leave us with for people to keep in mind or equip themselves with? For anyone who is planning a wedding, just, you know, take a deep breath and just realize that, you know, there's all the little tiny details that you can get really caught up with, especially if you're like a, a perfectionist. But at the end of the day, your wedding day is going to be perfect no matter what. So just remember that and just... Remember to take breaths and take breaks during the wedding planning process. Isla, that's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more? Yes, thanks so much for having me. If anyone listening wants to learn more about websites, you can go to WED 
S-I-T-E-S. So that's websites.com. And you can learn about the different tools we offer on our website to help streamline the wedding planning process. And we also have a live chat on our website if anyone wants to get in touch with me. And we're across all the different social media networks, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at websites if anyone wants to connect there. Thanks so much, Isla. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. At Staples Business Advantage, our team of experts can help you find the break room products to satisfy everyone's preferences, while AI can suggest popular items, monitor stock levels, optimize pricing, and automate reordering. AI can do a lot of things, but I can never know the taste of a truly great cup of coffee. Sigh. But you also can't get hangry. This is true. Let Staples Business Advantage use today's latest innovations, plus our team's experience, to make stocking your team's break room easier for you. Sign up today and save 20%. Staples Business Advantage. Business is human wedding day the last couple of weeks and the months leading up to your wedding day just fly by so quickly and there's so many different things to think about so having a packing list makes it easy for you to just check off all the things you need without much much thought so that's going to be like all your getting ready outfits snacks chargers sentimental items extra copies chargers yeah phone chargers camera chargers any (sighs) gifts and Decor items, that's a big one. So if you have these DIY projects or decor items, to have a list of that so you know you're taking it to the venue. And also if you're delegating someone to pack up those items for you so they can look over those items and make sure that they have packed away those items and can deliver it back to you. So you can either return it to the supplier that you've rented it from or a friend that you've borrowed it from. I just had a funny thought. I've always thought I'm not going to get married again. And I thought, maybe it sounds much more easy now. It sounds easy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's all these checklists ready to go. Oh, funny. If it ever happens, I know where I'm going. I'm so happy. <laughs> so you, you touched on that idea of sharing the load, you know, having a checklist so that you can delegate things. And I guess the sort of stereotype out there is that in different sex couples, it's the bride who's doing most of the planning. How do you get, regardless of the gender of your partner, how do you get your partner to do their fair share? Ooh, so this is a tricky one because you're right. I I do hear a lot of (laughs) complaining about how their grooms don't take on a lot of the load. I have talked to some grooms who are very much heavily involved in the process. Maybe it's because we're a tech platform and they feel like this is where they can shine. So they come to us and they take on the wedding website portion of it. But there's also those brides who want the control. So they're happy to do the planning. But I would say a really great way to get your partner involved is maybe delegating which suppliers they're responsible for. And that works really well if, let's say, that one partner is more interested in booking the best band or the DJ. So you send them off to find that supplier Mm. and just tasks to take on. So whether it's, you know, buying the alcohol and taking it to the venue or having someone else take it to the venue. As a tip for couples, though, when it comes to wedding planning, I really recommend them to book it in their calendar as like, you know, like a date night where they can do wedding planning, because otherwise it just kind of takes over your life and it gets really overwhelming and stressful and not fun. And that's really what we don't want. We want to make it a fun, memorable experience and not this like stressful thing that we need to talk about kind of a tone. But aside from your partner, I'm all for brides and or couples to really ask for help 
by delegating certain tasks to friends and family as well. And of course, the big decisions are hard to delegate, like finding suppliers. But some things that are easy to delegate are things like having things delivered to the venue or having guests picked up from the airport, dropping off things to the post office, finishing up DIY projects, or setting up decor at the venue, or rounding up guests for those photos. Yeah, that's, they're great tips. And you need to keep in mind that, you know, usually the family members or friends, they're dying to help. They want to be involved. So sometimes it can be useful to be strategic because you know someone, you know, there might be a parent, there might be a mum who's desperate to get involved and help organise the wedding and think about what tasks they can take on. And That's so true. <laughs> keep, things, uh, keep things ticking along without driving other people bananas. Absolutely. I think a lot of couples don't realize that their guests are really, they really want to get involved and help, but they're either scared of asking or they don't want to inconvenience their guests. Mm. I also love the the tip about having a regular time in the schedule. We're a big fan of, you know, having things in the calendar so that you're clear when you can have that dedicated time to sit down and address those tasks. So you're not worrying the whole time about when you're going to get to it and giving visibility to it and just increasing the chances of having it done because it blocked out that time in advance. Exactly. And it helps clear that brain space as well to kind of yeah. just have that time to just, okay, this is when we're going to talk about wedding planning and this is when we're going to get it done. Otherwise, mm. let's not think about it and let's just live our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I really like the idea of pairing it with something enjoyable. We love that too, like thinking about having it as a date night or having a bowl mm. of wine so that, yeah, you can look back with fond memories rather than feel tortured <laughs> by the Exactly. Christmas. So Isla, when the big day is over... The life admin just isn't finished. What's some of the tasks that need to be done after the big day? Oh, gosh. After the wedding date. Unfortunately, you do have things that you still need to take care of. So that things that come to mind, first of all, are the writing all the thank you notes. Thank you to the guests for coming to the wedding and any gifts, gifts that they have bought for you. So as a tip, having someone record what those gifts were is a really great idea. Having your dress cleaned after the wedding date. Some brides even decide to sell their dress after the wedding date. So that's something to consider. Sharing the official wedding photos with family and guests who are dying to see those things. So that's a big one. And then this is a personal choice, but changing your legal name means, you know, having your driver's license changed, your passport, your Medicare, your Mm -hmm. bank details, tax details, any utility bills that requires a whole heap of admin. So that's a, that's a really, really big one. And on that, have you come across any apps or checklists that make that easy? Because I know when I went through that process, it took about two years, I think, to actually get my name changed everywhere. And I know some people who just like they get to a point where there's a certain account or a certain piece of idea and it's just too hard and they never do it. I know in I'm not sure about in Australia, but I have seen in the US that there are some services that will do that for you. Mm. Okay, you might want to invent that for Australia, Isla, because there's a need. <laughs> there's definitely a need. Definitely a need. Yeah, and I did actually look it up in the stats. About 80% of women in Australia still do take their husband's name. So, yeah, there's a lot of people who are impacted by that. Absolutely. So I think anything to make that easier would be a win. <laughs> I think some people don't change their name because they literally, it's nothing to do with their ethics. They just can't be bothered doing the paperwork. Right. It's <laughs> heaps of paperwork. And then, of course, there's the finances as well, creating new bank accounts maybe if you want to create a joint account or combining finances and having that talk is a big one. And you think that after the wedding planning's done, you're finally done. But yeah, there are a lot of things to think about. And But ideally, you'll have gone on your honeymoon and relaxed a bit so you can come back refreshed and tackle all this stuff. Yeah. 
and I guess from you get, you know, obviously you have a marriage certificate. Or before you even get married, you had in Australia, you have to fill out a notice of intended marriage form. So that needs to go to the marriage celebrant at least a month before you're going to get married. And then obviously of after the ceremony itself, you have your marriage certificate, which is a legal document. You get the legal one, you can order the fancy cute one that's uh do you I don't know what you do with the fancy cute one. I've got a fancy cute one, I don't know what I was thinking I was going to do with it but they need to be filed and stored somewhere as well somewhere safe for for future ID absolutely and I think one of the life admin tasks that happened now that perhaps didn't happen as much Mia when we got married is that increasingly photographers you get options like some photographers will still give you the album but I think more and more photographers you can just buy the digital prints and so then you've actually got a job of what you're actually going to do with them. And so I think my tip is think about using that same time that you were using to plan your wedding to actually do something with those photos. If you spend a lot of money on them, you know, you really want to be able to see them and to enjoy them. So really make sure that you schedule in that time to produce an album or get some frames printed or share them uh, as you talked about Isla, because otherwise what a waste if you have spent all that money. Great tip. Isla, thank you so much for sharing your experience and ideas with us today. It was we're going to have a really action-packed show notes here linking out to all of the references that Isla's mentioned. Is there anything else you want to leave us with for people to keep in mind or equip themselves with? For anyone who is planning a wedding, just, you know, take a deep breath and just realize that, you know, there's all the little tiny details that you can get really caught up with, especially if you're like a, a perfectionist. But at the end of the day, your wedding day is going to be perfect no matter what. So just remember that and just Remember to take breaths and take breaks during the wedding planning process. Isla, that's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you if they want to hear more? Yes, thanks so much for having me. If anyone listening wants to learn more about websites, you can go to W-E-D-S-I-T-E-S. So that's websites.com. And you can learn about the different tools we offer on our website to help streamline the wedding planning process. And we also have a live chat on our website if anyone wants to get in touch with me. And we're across all the different social media networks, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at websites if anyone wants to connect there. Thanks so much, Isla. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. Show notes for this episode are available at lifeadminlifehacks.com. And if you're a fan, please subscribe and share the love and tell a friend or review us in your podcasting app. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. At Staples Business Advantage, our team of experts can help you find the breakroom products to satisfy everyone's preferences, while AI can suggest popular items, monitor stock levels, optimize pricing, and automate reordering. AI can do a lot of things, but I can never know the taste of a truly great cup of coffee. Sigh. But you also can't get hangry. This is true. Let Staples Business Advantage use today's latest innovations, plus our team's experience, to make stocking your team's breakroom easier for you. Sign up today and save 20%. Staples Business Advantage. Business is human.